0: Yep.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Sondra Radwanoski, and you are listening to the CBH podcast.
0: Yes. Good morning. Kind of Good morning. I am back in Virginia. Let me turn that off. Um. Yeah, you're listening to the CVH Podcast. This is episode 105. I'm uh, back in Virginia, finished with my Chicago gig. We did all of our Macbeths. Uh, you know, as far as a, as a, going back, as far as a gig goes, this went absolutely flawlessly. Uh, we did all of our shows. We had amazing audiences, full houses, or nearly full, each performance. Uh, we felt the love. It was um what a, what a fantastic way to reopen that, that, uh, stunning theater. And I felt, uh, it felt super normal. You know, it's not fun to rehearse in masks. Uh, it's weird that there's no, you know, th- they stopped all people coming backstage. Um, I kind of like that. It's strange, but I like it. Uh, um, you know, it's funny how people suddenly are just all over your dressing room, um, you know, you're having a live performance and, and, you know, for the longest time, not before the show, but after the show, certainly there's just a stream of people that somehow have access to this area. Uh, and it just slows you down. It just slows you getting out of there. And I, I think, um, I sort of hope opera houses adopt this no backstage thing and we'll all just, we'll all just see outside after. It's, um, I like that much better. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping they just keep that because I know it's a, uh, you know, it's a nuisance to everybody who works there. Uh, this whole backstage list and then you know people are still people have jobs there you know the there's plenty to do after the show all the costumes have to be collected the the wig and makeup people need to collect their things they and they need to like get out of here they need to get out of that space and when there's a whole horde of people heading towards the diva room it just slows everything down Uh, you know and, and workers are they need to catch trains they need to get home you know like it's um I'm not oblivious to other people's uh, needs in that moment. So I, I try to just get myself out of there as quick as possible. Give the costume back. You know, people got to work. People got to go home. Anyway, we did our show and um, it felt great. We did all six performances and each one was sold as, you know, not, I'm sure they weren't full, full, uh, but from where I could see, we had people all the way to the top and that's a big theater, 3,400 seat theater and we had to be flirting with 3000 each performance um and that's awesome and i'm uh, back home now and i'm i'm uh, knee deep in my in my office and just buried in this score uh, my my giovanni score is is um feeling good it's starting to it i'm cycling it i'm singing it uh, sort of subconsciously all the time now which is good that's um i remember <clears throat> excuse me I remember Eric Halverson, uh telling me you know, about cycling uh and how when he was memorizing cycling was the sign that it was in uh in just a matter of um you know uh spot checking and and moving into uh, you know the the next version of of your memorization process but but the cycling meant that you put the information in and now you just need to like sort it. <laughs> he was very scientific about it but it sounded great and so uh, I'm doing what he called cycling. Uh, I'm starting to just sing this thing. You're not even aware that you're doing it and you're running it. Um, we're professional memorizers, right? That's what we do. This is what we do. I nearly, I mean nearly, didn't get out of Chicago. I, um, The day before, I left on Sunday, right? Last show was on Saturday. I left on Sunday. Now, I didn't know until Saturday... That the Chicago Marathon was on sunday now this this effectively shuts down the city from six a m to at least noon, and um you know they go they run in this huge loop uh through the streets. I guess it starts in Grant Park or somewhere down there and then goes as far north as Lincoln Park and think even further. Uh, it might even go up to Lakeview and then and then, you know, spins back around, makes a huge loop, and they run in the streets. You know, it's a it's a street race. It's not like uh, you know, it's twenty six miles, you gotta go somewhere in Chicago. <laughs> and so I found that my apartment was on the wrong side of this thing, uh, if you need to get out of the city. Um I I um I s I looked at the route, I looked I saw that they were Uh, a couple of options for people, uh, trying to get around this race. And, and so I said, all right, I'm going to give myself three hours, three hours to get to O'Hare. Now O'Hare on a Sunday is 40 minutes tops. I gave myself three hours because of this business. I wanted to make sure that I I was not going to goof myself up. So the flight's not till one o'clock and I have a, I make myself a nine o'clock, uh, Uh, haircut appointment I want to freshen up before I come home and anyway this guy was cutting my hair over there and I liked it so I want to go see him one more time before I left and uh I (laughs) to get to him I had to cross the race twice (laughs) I mean once no well I mean once going and then once coming back so I like put myself in the middle of the loop of this race that's where I needed to get my hair cut and so I, I I get down to the street, and uh, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of people watching, and a mess, a sea of people running. And so I need to uh, get across this thing, but it's sort of frowned upon to just <laughs> to just run across the race. You can't really do that. Um, I mean, there's there's not barricades up where I you know I was I was in uh, River North, and so th- there were no more barricades to keep people away from it, but there were certainly police everywhere, and they put these huge uh fire trucks and garbage trucks and police cars are all like at, at the intersection, you know, just trying to keep any sort of traffic away. And so I walk up on this thing and there's a lot of people cheering runners. And there's, I mean, it's, it's thousands of runners and I can't see how I'm going to get across. <laughs> I'm trying to think about, okay, is there a subway station I can get down and then get back up? You know, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, how do I, how do I do this? And so it just hits me become a marathon runner for half a block. (laughs) I thought if I just subtly joined the race, I could move myself across the street, um, you know, within a short amount of time, and then I haven't necessarily stopped traffic or gotten anybody's way, because the last thing I was going to do was even uh, mess up one pace from a person who's, you know, running this thing. I, I have a lot of respect for the marathon runners. I... I absolutely know that I could I could never do it. You might as well say uh, climb Mount Everest with no oxygen. You know like it's that it's that sort of daunting idea to me. And I know I know people do it all the time. They go from uh couch to uh 5K to marathon, but uh my knees are so banged up. Uh, the thought of running 3 miles is very intimidating to me. Uh I'll lift weights all day long, but uh that sort of uh extended Knee bashing—it's uh, just not—I I can't do it. And I'm a positive guy, you know. I don't like to say can't. <laughs> I'm saying I can't do a marathon, so I'm—I'm I'm gonna just join this race for a half a block and then just move myself over while I'm—while <laughs> I'm running. Well, this idea was freaking perfect. Um, of course, I'm wearing blue jeans. <laughs> I did have tennis shoes on, but. I didn't look like a runner. I certainly didn't have a number, and just sort of like, <laughs> just sort of hanging out. Waited until there was kind of a break in the in the group of people, and I, I just jogged. <laughs> I started jogging, keeping sort of you know pace with the people around me, and uh, in- inching my way over to the other side of the street, which 100 percent worked. <laughs> I joined the race and I got out of the race. I ran the Chicago Marathon the other day. <laughs> I didn't finish. <laughs> And I didn't really start, but, uh, anyway, got that, uh, the, the barber was running a little bit behind, but that's okay. And, um, and I got myself back to the apartment. Now I got to be at the airport by 1 PM, the latest, and it's now ten fifteen in my apartment. And I'm like, all right, well, there, you're already, you're already goofed up your three hours. So get in a car now get myself downstairs. I call the car. Now normally it takes three minutes for a car to get there, but this is marathon day. You know, I I made a lot of mistakes this day. So I call the car. uh, I call the Uber and it says arriving in 17 minutes. I go, shit. All right. Now I'm not going to be in the car until 1030. All right. Um, fine. You know, fine. So that turns into a little later. That turns into a little later. Like the guy, he just can't, he can't get through it. He can't get through it. Finally, he shows up. You could see he's already frazzled. Shout out to Manny Emmanuel, my uh, Uber driver in Chicago. And so we hop in and GPS is immediately telling him to go south. Now the airport is northwest, but, but GPS is telling him to go south. So I just assume that the g p s knows something I don't know, like you know if you go this way, you can get around and get to the and get to the highway to get you up to the airport. so we head south, uh fine, okay <laughs> we get down into the loop we, we 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 hit the first roadblock, obviously you're not going to cross there. he's not real sure what to do, so instead of going left with the rest of traffic, which seems like it might have helped you get around the the race, he goes right. Starts heading north on uh, LaSalle Street, and and within ten minutes we're right back to my apartment. So now I've been with the guy fifteen, almost twenty minutes, and I <laughs> I haven't gone anywhere. I'm literally back in front of the building of my apartment. Uh, Manny's starting to look stressed. He wants to loop back and go south again, and I I I knew I knew that if I don't take control of this situation I have no chance because this guy's already made two terrible decisions. <laughs> and he's following the robot, which is not helpful. And so I quickly pull up the uh the marathon route on my phone and I can see that it, you know, we we have to get a certain uh you know, a certain way north and then we can dart across west to get to the highway. But the further north you get, the further away from the highway you get. You know, the highway is heading off in a south, in a northwest direction, and so as you're going north, that thing's getting further and further away from you. Meaning, when you then need to cross over to the highway, you're gonna, it's gonna take forever because it's city streets. You know, with a light at each, with a light at each intersection. So he's going north, and I'm, I'm starting to get panicked. Uh, I can just tell. I can just tell we're not, we're not nearly as far as we need to be into this journey. We need to be on the highway right now for me to feel good about this. And we're nowhere near it. And so we just keep driving North on this. It's not a major, it's a, it's a two-way street in Chicago, um, which is helpful. You know, it it moves a little bit faster, uh, than, than some of the other side streets, but not fast enough for me, and so we get up to Lincoln Park, and so every time we try to, we're going north. Every time we get to an intersection, we're turning our heads left to see if the, the, the marathon's still there. And I go, all right, let's just we'll just keep having a quick look, and if we see that the marathon is done, then the next street will go north. Well, Manny, who who was just really interested in following that computer and not <laughs> not necessarily listening to me, uh, he kept turning left to find out, and I said, no, man, we just need to look. We can't, (laughs) because every time you turn left and you realize that the marathon's still there, you have to circle back around and continue north again. So we've did this twice. We keep turning ourselves around. (sighs) I start making phone calls. I'm calling home. I go, look, this may not happen. I need some alternative flights. Is there something that leaves later today or something in the morning? I'm starting to look at hotels because I really, I just don't think we're going to be able to get to the airport by one o'clock. If you don't get to the airport, you can't, you can't drop a bag. You know, one minute past 45 minutes before your flight. They will not accept your bag without, they, without 45 minutes to get it to the plane. So my flight's leaving at one forty-five. I have to be handing somebody a bag at 1 p.m. If I don't, they, they'll just, like the computer automatically reschedules you. Like it just won't take your bag. So we're going north and we're going north and we're going north and finally I just said to him I said our only shot here is to jump onto Lakeshore Drive as fast as we can get up to Irving Park and I knew that that Irving Park Road was north of the marathon. He's still not quite feeling me but he he's, he he can smell the stress in the car. <laughs> you know, it goes from a nice easy morning with a haircut and a and a, an a afternoon flight home, you know, there's nothing stressful about this. And suddenly I'm just like, oh boy, how quickly we might put myself in some shit position. And so he he jumps out to Lakeshore and he gets up to Irving Park. And and I can see right away that that we can, it's a clear shot. But the Irving Park exit of Lakeshore Drive and the Dan Ryan are really far from each other. It's like four and a half miles. Now that doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a ton in Chicago traffic when everybody else is trying to do the exact same thing. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a street light at every corner. And so we're just inching along, inching along. And I'm like a slave to my, to my Maps app and the Uber app. And I'm trying to figure out which one's which. And, and I'm watching the, the time go by, click, you know. And, and I'm, I know that we need to make it to the highway by minimum, by minimum 1230. If we make it, I mean, remember, I, I called the guy at 1015 and I was sitting in the car at 1030. I am now two hours in this uber with emmanuel who was a lovely guy but neither one of us wanted to to be in this thing for two hours and he's telling me about his life he was a retired fireman and he's telling me about all the crazy things that he saw as a fireman and then he was talking about you know oh he, he was going into all sorts of really interesting stuff he'd be amazing as a guest here on the cvh podcast but um uh, you know, I really just wanted him to concentrate on driving, but he was driving well. He was he was quick. He was quick to do things, and and he was doing the the things that were my instincts to go around this guy, go around that. You know that kind of that kind of driving, like a like a taxi driver almost. And so he admits to me that he was for a good portion of those years as a fireman, he drove the truck. You see. This is a professional driver, a guy who drove that gigantic truck through city streets, and and knew uh, knew the capabilities of a vehicle, which which gave me great comfort. <laughs> and so we're getting closer to the highway, closer to the highway, closer to the highway. But it's already twelve o'clock, and we're not on the highway yet. I know that once we get to the highway, and I'm looking at the maps, it says twenty four minutes, twenty four minutes to the airport. Uh, from where we were, and we weren't quite at the highway yet. We were still inching towards it. And so Manny says to me, and he's been chatting the whole time, a really sweet guy, I I enjoyed my time with him. Uh, He says, look, man, when we get to the highway, I'm going to hit it. We're going to hit it. (laughs) I don't know what that means. I think it means he's going to go fast, but I don't really know. He says, we're going to hit it. We're going to hit it. I made sure my my seatbelt was tightened, and um, finally make it to the highway. And I've got 23 minutes to go, 30 minutes worth, of, <laughs> 30 minutes worth of drive. And um, you know, there's traffic out there. There's plenty of cars out there. We got slowed down quite a few times, but manny. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. He said he was going to hit it, and he's weaving. He's weaving left. He's weaving right. He's going around people. He's gunning it, slamming on the brakes. He's going into the shoulder. I mean, this guy was determined that after all this time, he was going to get me to the airport, and he's looking at the clock, and he's looking at the road, and he went silent. We we didn't talk the whole time we were on the highway. Did not speak. I'm looking at my clock, and I'm like, oh, damn it. Like, it's going to be so close. It's not... It's not ah we got this or we definitely don't got this. it's right in that it's right in that magic zone where you might and uh, stress levels just skyrocket for me. <laughs> I would rather it be all the way yes or all the way no. it's this up in the air maybe stuff that turns my stomach and he's doing it he's hitting it and uh, uh, as one o'clock approaches we're definitely not at the airport but I can see the airport. It's kind of what you, you. you make like a little right exit and then you kinda of go back over the highway and you and then you're in the, the departure lane. And I said to him, as we're as we're he's flying. He's absolutely flying. I said, The first curbside guy you see, stop the car. Uh, because I you know, if I i I I'm thinking in my head, I can bribe a curbside guy if it's just a few minutes and he'll take my bag. So the very first one we see, I run up to the guy, he says, Where are you going? I said, Dulles and he you know he, he clicks through and he goes oh you're 4 minutes late they locked me out run inside and see if you can talk to an attendant so i'm like so manny manny goes i won't even know if you made it I, I said manny if i make it i'll leave an even tip if i don't make it i'll leave an odd tip <laughs> and we part ways and i'm running i'm hauling an ass and and i get inside and i go over to the, like the check-in kiosk banks and and there's a tall man tall gentleman Sixty years old. I said, "Sir, sir." <laughs> my voice is real high, you know, in this situation. <laughs> sir, I just tried to check in, but uh, it says I'm four minutes late, and I need to talk to talk to someone. And so, uh, this guy was my hero, my second hero of the day. And he jumps over uh, like like the you know the dividing the 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 line dividers, and gets himself up to a kiosk, and he's banging on that keyboard, you know, just as fast as he can you know, what's your last name? Van Horn. He says, he says, you know, and he's going through my stuff. And then he finally says, um, is there anything hazardous in your bag? And I knew when he said that, that all was well, he was going to take the bag. And I was f- six minutes past my time at this point. And they, uh, you know, the computer locks up. They they really need to, uh, uh, they're not supposed to take it. You know, uh, I do have fancy status. I don't know if that helped me in that moment. I'm not sure that that, that plays into it, but, um, we did jump the line to do this, and so he's all of a sudden he's printing out this tag, and I go, "Oh my god, I am going to make it!" And he he yells, "I got a hot bag!" <laughs> I got a hot bag! He screams <laughs> out into the ether, and then a shorter man comes comes over and he grabs this thing and and dumps it on a cart, and and so I am off. You know, I am off. I got I, I got to check in, but you know, at this point it's twenty minutes until my flight's supposed to leave, uh, and I got. <laughs> I got to get, I got to go through the underground thing. You know, Chicago airports, uh, there are, uh, very few airports make sense. And this is one of them. And, uh, uh, you know, much like, uh, DC, you know, with the people carriers, it's just, it's like this, was this the best way to do this? But anyway, so, I mean, I literally never stopped walking straight through security, uh, which was a, a short line. Uh, thank God, you know, I'm a TSA pre guy, which, which is by far the best 12 bucks you're ever going to spend. And, um you know, made my way all the way down to the terminal, way down to the end and just walked right on the plane. I never stopped my pace. And there I was sitting down with a drink and, and, uh, I I think I sweat most of the flight home. (laughs) I was trying to calm down and breathe. And then for sure, I was like, no chance. My bag is making it like zero chance. And sure enough, sure enough. There was that bag. So a huge shout out to O'Hare Airport and its beautiful employees for, for uh, getting me going on a day that I suspect a lot of people got goofed up uh, because of the race. But I did not expect to be home on Sunday, and there I was with my bag too. Boy, oh, it's nice to win one. Yeah, you know How many days, everybody who travels a lot eventually has a nightmare day where the whole thing just gets fucked. and um, uh, This was the day where it all went right. Um, and, and so the, you, you have to remember those days, <laughs> remember those when it goes real bad. That's my, uh, that's my get out of Chicago story. Anyway, I love you for listening. We're back here for a while. I have a few couple of trips. Um, I think I'm going to be flying to, uh, Los Angeles for a jump in that may happen. It's not done yet, but it may happen. Um, I got a couple trips to New York. And, of course, we're going to start our concerts here at the Washington National Opera in a couple weeks. So, you know, I'm home, but still busy. Uh, Episode 105. I love you for listening. Everybody, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you on Monday. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
1: Gonna jet to the promised land.